Welcome to At The Whiteboard. I'm Nicole North and I'm your host. This season on At The Whiteboard, we're focusing on everything leadership, learning, and development. We have a ton of great guests ready to share their knowledge. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Well, welcome to At The Whiteboard with Nicole North. I am absolutely thrilled to have um, Ryan Laverty. Laverty? Laverty. How do you say it, Ryan? Laverty. Laverty. Um, on the podcast today from Arist, one of my absolute favorite companies that I like to pump up and I personally use with my training clients. And I just love sharing the word about Arist because I think it is the coolest thing ever and has a million different applications. So Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Nicole. Thanks so much for having me. It's, it's, it's honestly my pleasure. And so first, you know, tell, tell me a little bit about yourself first and then about Arist. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess, I guess in terms of myself, you know, my official title is co-founder and president at Arist. I do all of our content and, and customer success and work with a lot of our clients um, running our teams just on how to, you know, build effective coursework and then also just how to to scale up um, within larger organizations. Prior to Arist, I was actually a student at Babson College. And so I graduated um, last year in 2020. While I was in school, I, you know, did a number of things. I ran um, an importing business and that was where I started to kind of have a love for entrepreneurship. And then I also ran a public speaking coaching company. And so I was really fascinated by the whole world of coaching, of learning design, of different kind of applications and modalities of learning. Um, the thing I didn't like about the types of learning I was doing was that it was very hard for me to train others on how to do what I was doing and to scale that. Um, and so that's where kind of a lot of the, the subject matter expertise came into play. Other than that, you know, I've, I've um, held different roles in things like digital marketing and, uh, and, and community building and kind of a bunch of random roles while I was in school. Um, so those, are, those, were, those were most of my professional interests, but I think that that's kind of a lot of what, what brought me to uh, what we do now. Fantastic. And so I'm going to give my description of Arist, and then you can fill in all the blanks or make all the corrections that are necessary. But Arist to me is a platform that allows you to create text message learning. And so what that means is that you can create all the content um, very easily and very quickly on your very user-friendly platform, especially for me, as we already talked about this morning, I am IT, you know, I struggle with the IT and Aris is so super easy to use. Input all your data, um, you get a link, uh, clients can come in, link, link to either their text, WhatsApp, um, and I think you guys have some few other integrations coming soon or already happening. So you can tell us about that. Um, and then people can basically take a short truncated um, and in, in all the best ways, concise course about a topic. Um, and what I love about it is you can do it very quickly. So you can launch learning super, super fast. You can also use it as a learning reinforcement tool, which we're going to talk about today. Um, and I just think it has a million applications. So there's my um, 20,000 foot view of what Arist is. And I'd love to hear you describe it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, well, so I guess some of this is going to be repetitive because I think you really hit the, uh, 
Hit, hit the nail on the head there, Nicole. I'm not sure if you're looking for a role in sales, but oh, that was um, <laughs> that was that was pretty spot on. I guess the way we like to describe it, which again I think you hit on pretty much all the major points, is that Eris is we like to say a text message learning platform that works with organizations to uh, drastically improve response, engagement, completion rates, and really just the different types of metrics and outcomes we set for learning. So things around behavior change, um, around really action oriented and action based learning. And essentially, how we work with companies is. And we'll help them convert their materials, like you said, into these small bite-sized pieces and then help them really map out how do you distribute this to a workforce at scale. And so originally we started with SMS and WhatsApp. Now we're looking into and we'll soon have launching other mediums like Slack and Teams and even email if if folks really don't like messaging platforms. Um, and so our goal as a company is just to meet learners where they are, wherever they are. And a lot of that is actually backed by white papers we um, wrote a few years ago and continue to update just around What's the best cadence? What's the best content length? What types of content are great for this medium and not great for this medium? And so those are a lot of the questions that we try to answer every day. And those are a lot of the things that go through our head when we think about, you know, how do we actually design really meaningful learning via messaging versus just kind of sending all these pieces of content to people in a bunch of different places? I, I love that. It's so smart um, by you guys as a, as a company to have that research to back it up because, you know, the number of times I'm pitching a client and I say, you know, and I'd love to incorporate text learning, they kind of look at me like I have seven eyes and tentacles, <laughs> uh, you know, and I say, hold on, before you, before you snap to a judgment about it, let me, let me send you some, some white papers, let me send you some research, let me show you why this will be such a great add-on to your learning program. Um, so I think it's so wonderful that you have that to really back up what you're doing. It's not just, let's find a new place to do training. It's backed up by amazing use cases and um, ways to apply it. And I think one of my favorite parts about Arist that I, neither you or I mentioned is that ability to access learning without a strong Wi-Fi connection. Um, so if we're, you know, if you've got remote, remote uh, staff or people in remote locations, you can also access that, which I think is so thrilling. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, this this segues pretty well into kind of the whole backstory of why we got started. If um, if, if that's all right to share, Nicole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, it, it just it made me think of it because I think the question I probably get most frequently that's outside of the whole, you know, designing learning realm is just on a more high level, like, how, what was the genesis of this idea of text message courses? And to your point, it was a lot of it was around access. And so my co-founder, Michael, at the time had been doing work, you know, we were living together in college, had been doing work with nonprofits. He'd been um, working with in the Yemeni war zone and through a nonprofit he was running and figuring out, you know, how do we get educational content to students who might not have internet access? And at the time when we were living together, like I mentioned, I was in the world of content design, learning design. And so I became really fascinated by this, by this problem of, okay, we can send things to students through different mediums, but how do we actually design meaningful learning around this, right? And so what we quickly realized was that um, text messages would be a really effective way to do that just because, you know, over, 5 billion people globally have access to SMS and WhatsApp, but a little over um, two point, it's a, you know, a little less than two and a half billion, so less than half that number actually have the internet broadband consistently to access something like a video-based course. At the same time, we were seeing all these you know, stats, all this data, data from learning leaders around how um, completion rates and response rates of video-based courses were often single digit percentages. And so we started to kind of from the ground up say, how do we design not just like an internet light content light model of learning, but 
how do we kind of toggle all these other levers to create something that that really creates powerful learning and powerful engagement. Um, and so I think to your, to your point there now, you know, a lot of the folks we work with, they've got these massive frontline employee populations. They've got workers who we call them deskless workers internally. But um, I think especially when when COVID hit, everyone sort of became an out of office worker. And so, you know, this this ability to deliver meaningful training to anyone everywhere, we've only seen it grow. And I think it's something that we'll see is some is a, a huge part of, you know, the 21st century of learning, even just beyond um, regions that might not have internet access. Yeah, so wonderful. In fact, as I when I was working with Humber College, we were helping um, start with a client who had an entire uh, cadre of, of employees that were all deskless. And so they were actually doing in-home um, medical care, so personal support workers. And so they, they needed to get information, messaging, um, and training components out to people. And so I was definitely hyping up uh, Arista for that that regime of, of deskless workers. So I love that. I'd yeah, love to, absolutely. I'd love to know uh, one of my favorite questions to ask when I facilitate a team, and I think I'm going to make it a, an opening question for all of my podcasts is what is your favorite breakfast cereal? <laughs> uh, honey nut Cheerios. I used to eat them every day as a kid and now I don't really eat breakfast, but um, yeah, that was, that was, I think the only thing we kept in the house when I was growing up. I love it. So I've, I've always wanted to come up with, um, for all intents and purposes, like a psychometric assessment uh, based on what your favorite breakfast cereal is. So I've, I've sort of, uh, after years and years of data collection, have discovered there are, you know, the fun cereal people, that's your, your Fruit Loops, things with marshmallows, um, you know, <laughs> things of many different colors, um, things with chocolate, uh, that's your fun group. Um, and then you have your, um, I'm serious, but I also like to have a little bit fun. So I would put the Honey Nut Cheerios in here. You're not Very necessarily <laughs> as, as regimed as the uh, Cheerio, uh, Weetabix, um, Bran Flakes type people. It's like Raisin Bran <laughs> and Honey Nut Cheerios go in your category. So you have that, that serious analytical thought, but you like to have fun too. Um, and then we go down to the kind of outcasted areas, people who only, you know, drink smoothies or don't have breakfast at all. So uh, I, I, I love you your could, answer I think you and could it replace, describes you pretty well. <laughs> I think you could easily replace the Myers-Briggs assessment with, um, with the, the, you know, Honey Nut Cheerio <laughs> assessment. I think that makes a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> um, so when, you know, tell me about, I think, one of the most interesting things to me is all the, the variety of use cases that you've been able to apply ARIS to. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. take us through just a, a couple of examples of organizations um, and how they've used text messaging as part of their learning pathway. Yeah, so I think that's a, that's a great question. Even just taking a step back in terms of you know, what we look for when we say, is something going to be a good use case for text message learning or not? We quickly realized that, um, you know, a lot of the filters that we'll put learning through when folks come to me every day and they're like, oh, is this a good use case? Will this work? Is really just uh, a few different things. So first we'll look for, um, on a high level, a set of simple and standard concepts that can be, you know, truncated into or, or broken down into these bite-sized pieces. We'll also look for things like, what are the outcomes of this learning? What are the success criteria? And are they things that are very action oriented um, or something that we can attach to a very clear success you know, metric, whether that's a percentage of quiz questions that are answered correctly, whether that's a thoughtful response into a scenario, right? And so we're always looking for kind of these, these qualifiers of text message learning, whether that's that, those simple and standard concepts, whether it's some sort of an action item taken. Um, the things that we would say are not good for text message learning 
you know, highly collaborative learning journeys, really in-depth specialist training. You wouldn't teach someone entirely how to code via text message, right? And so those were kind of a lot of the markers that we looked for when, when figuring out, you know, if someone, something checks all these boxes, it's probably great for text learning. If it checks none, it's probably not. And if it checks some of them, it's probably great for reinforcement learning. And so the really fascinating thing is the, the things I just mentioned, action-oriented outcomes, simple and standard concepts, training a large audience at once. That describes about 80 to 85% of all corporate learning because you're never, as a large company, going to train thousands of people with pairing everyone with a mentor, doing something really in-depth or specialist. And so a lot of the use cases we see pop up that fit that description, that fit that criteria, are is everything from you know manager training, from how to manage teams remotely to how to set goals, to um, safety and compliance, to any sort of you know, cybersecurity or best practices, diversity and inclusion training we've seen is really popular. We also see use cases just around customer education. And so whether that's external customer product training, whether that's teaching your own staff or team members about your own product, um, Arist internally even has courses for our own staff on onboarding, on why clients use us and what our target customer is. Um, and then we also do see a lot of use cases, as I mentioned, as we'll get more into soon, just around reinforcement. So when you've got a longer in-person or on Zoom workshop or some more in-depth experience, and then you follow that up or amend that with a, a pre-work or post-work text message course module. And so I'll pause there, but that's a lot of kind of the use cases that we see, and that's how we think about it. I love it. And it's, it's precisely, you know, I designed a uh, collaborative kind of training. So I had been seeing the trends in training over the last uh, year and it's been wild, right? We went from over a year ago, people were all into Zoom training. Um, they loved it, they were eating it up. And very quickly that kind of deflated over the last year and a half. And yeah. now we're seeing less and less demand for put me in front of my computer for another three hours where I can't do anything. So, you know, limiting people's flexibility. And I, I don't know if you know, here in Ontario, we're still in lockdown mm -hmm. um, for what seems like the um, millionth day in a row. Um, so uh, I think people are really seeing this sense of like, I need to have freedom in my schedule and I need to have that. And so what I loved about Arist is I was able to create content um, that could reinforce the conversations we were having. So we were having high level management, new leader conversations about how to hold each other accountable, how to set direction. And I was able to then distill some of those points into great short bursts of learning that allowed people to stay with the content until we met the following week. So, uh, you know, I started closing in on the length of classes, making them a little bit shorter, like an hour, an hour and a half, and using the text message to provide that content piece. Because I also don't think people are really keen on sitting in front of their computer and doing static e-learning either. So I wanted to make something that worked for uh, managers and leaders that don't have a lot of time. And so this short burst of conversation-based learning um, once a week for about an hour and a half reinforced with text messaging, I found super, super effective. And so did the participants. Um, so I'd love to know, um, how have, tell me some of the cases where you've used reinforcement you know, with Arist. Yeah, Arist. absolutely. I always call it Arist. It must be a, a Canadian, a Canadianism of mine. No worries at all. We actually accept both, I guess, as a side <laughs> side note there. Um, Arist is short for Aristotle. And so that's how we always, always remember it is like, oh, yeah. OK, well, it's like we're saying Aristotle. Um, <laughs> yes, we've we've seen a lot of really effective um, 
you know, re- reinforcement use cases. Typically, I think a, a lot of the ones that we see is when we step back and say, okay, you know, what are these more in-depth sort of subjects that employees need to learn and be trained on? And how can we uh, turn something that might be more knowledge heavy as opposed to these very knowledge light subjects I mentioned earlier into some form of meaningful action? And so what that actually looks like in practice are things like career development, leadership, um, these, these more, you know, soft skill or sort of important uh, things that every employee needs to know, but it's also not as simple as, oh, let's send you some tips, right? Often a lot of learning that's more skill development based and that's more in depth is really oriented around, okay, how do we get someone to turn all of this knowledge they got in their head in the form of a workshop and in-person session into some form of meaningful action? And a lot of times a big piece of that reinforcement is us essentially building a micro version of the course again, because often if you look at even you know a week or two weeks out, um, folks will usually forget most of that information that they've been taught, and they'll remember you know a few high level points or how that experience made them feel, but they can't actually turn a lot of that into action. And so another good example of this actually is sales training. We recently did a sales training with an organization. They've got you know thousands of, of sales reps and folks all over the country, and we essentially you know they came to us and said, look, we did this big in depth sales training workshop. Everyone really liked it, but then when we surveyed everyone a month later, nobody had actually used any of the methods, the specific you know, sales method we taught in their actual sales conversations. Such and a so pain we went, point. Such a pain yeah. point from an organization. And as a trainer myself, there is nothing more devastating when you go through, deliver this amazing, detailed, uh, incredible, impactful training. And a month later, people are like, I loved it, but I just, I forgot to apply it when I got back to the office. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that that's the big pain of even really skilled learning designers is they create this and then it doesn't actually get pushed out. And so, you know, for us, a lot of the a lot of this came back to, okay, you know, what do they know now? What learnings can we um, put back to? And then what action items or takeaways can we reinforce throughout the course? And we ended up building this course that ended up, you know, first off in a very light way, giving learners uh, recaps of the material they learned. But the more important part is it also gave learners specific scenarios relevant to their job role. And it would say, okay, you're all sales reps. Here are things that might happen on a day-to-day basis. How do you do this now? And when someone responded, we'd say, okay, you know, thanks for sharing that with us. Now we want you to walk through applying this method, how you might do these things differently every day. And then the last part of this is we'd prompt them with, okay, now we want you to set some sort of a go-forward action item, whether that's a meeting with some sort of a mentor, whether that's a Google Calendar event for yourself, right, to actually get you to actively practice, to actively think about these sales reinforcement tactics. And when you spread that learning out over two to three weeks, you know, you start to see these habits being built by the people learning while they're actually in the flow of learning, as opposed to this single instance of learning, and then expecting that they're going to go apply it after the fact. Exactly. It's, it's, it's such a wonderful thing. And I actually want to even back up a little bit because I know you and I are, are deep in the aorist world. And I thought it might be uh, helpful to explain exactly what it looks like when you are experiencing um, the text message course. So again, I'll give it a little try and you fill it, you fill in the gaps where I missed, missed, missed anything. So, you know, you'd get a text that would say, you know, here are three tips for collaborating. There might be a link. uh, It might be some word. There's there's always some emojis to make it interesting. And I know you guys always um, try to reiterate it, that it should be a little bit lighthearted and and fun uh, to create that engagement. 
And then you might get a, a couple of options for questions, either a direct question like, tell me one way you're gonna apply these collaboration tips this week. So allowing your learners to self-reflect and, and actually write something down, or in this case, type something down into their phone. Um, or it could be a multiple choice. Um, let, let me think, are there any other options? I think uh, you, you hit a lot yeah. of the, the nails in the head there. I, I think um, one thing I'll mention is that multiple choice questions are also, it's the same uh, tool there, but it's all they're also used for things like surveying and polling. So that's really popular. Um, the other thing that we'll see a lot are links to outside resources. And so, you know, articles, videos, um, and then often they've, they've included, they'll use that image, um, you know, feature to include like a GIF or an infographic that explains something more visually. Absolutely. And so really what you're getting is a text message with some information and then the opportunity to test or reflect uh, mm -hmm. on your uh, absorption or how you intend to use that content. And that's, that's the part that I think uh, really helps keep the learning active. And so I, I'm glad we kind of backed up for a second there and we're able to say, you know, what does it actually look like when you're in a text course? And I believe um, you guys have a bunch of, of free courses up that people can try out. Um, I know that's how I immediately got hooked. Um, so where can they find some of those free courses to test out, Ryan? Yeah, so it sounds very made up. We've got courses on how to write text message courses, how to learn more about them, and then just a bunch of practice and sample ones so you can, you know, put yourself in the learner's shoes. So to find them, just anyone can go to just uh, aris.co, so A-R-I-S-T dot C-O. Um, there's, there's plenty of fun stuff on there, and our team kind of cycles through new courses every week. Perfect. Okay, so now we can go back to reinforcement. I just had to have that little backup for a second. Of course. Um, and and now I'd love to know, I'm a huge data person, and I know when I work with organizations and L&D departments, they want to know the ROI. They want to know, right. how, you know, what's the value for their dollar in this? How can they um, see that this is effective? And I know one of the huge advantages of ARIS is that you can see uh, a dashboard with the data. So what kind of data yes. can um, organizations collect and what is it telling you? Yeah, so two really good questions. Uh, we can measure, you know, things like completion rates, response rates, retention rates, um, answer accuracy rates. And so again, wh when we look at those numbers on a high level, we give a lot of guidance on how to read into them. I think the most important thing to consider when I say all those metrics is, okay, if I'm a learner, I go through the course, let's say it's a 10-day course, I'm getting a you know, few texts for a few minutes each day of those 10 days. If I drop out all the way through, it'll be, I'll be incomplete. If I finish, if I give a response to each day, then I've considered it complete, right? Something like a response rate that'll give me as a learning designer, a percentage of the amount of correct answers back and forth. And something like an answer accuracy rate will just tell me, okay, if I've marked a correct answer in the system, if I'm acting, asking multiple choice questions, um, then I know that my learner has given me a correct answer. And I think all of that's a lot of good data, but a lot of what we will really talk about learning designers with is, you know, this is meant to be a starting point, not kind of the end result. And so we'll give you this data to give you a, a quick insight into how your learning is doing. But what you really want to do is really play with those questions and really go and look at the responses your learners are giving you when you assess not just completion, but outcome. And so what I mean by this is if it's something where I can just ask correct answer, that's great. I'm quizzing you. I can see the percentage. Probably about 75% of the courses we see built on Arist have much more qualitative ways to assess learners. They'll ask things like, okay, text back three ways you're going to use this going forward, or 
on day one, they'll give them exercises. And on day nine, they'll ask how they've been using those since, right? Um, they'll also ask a lot of questions just around, you know, self-reflection or, okay, I'm putting you in this scenario. Let's say I just taught you about financial literacy. Let's say I just taught you about how to open a credit card account. Okay, let me put you in this scenario where interest rates are X, you're in the situation, and it's Y, you know, text back Z what you would do in this situation, right? And so a lot of either more action or deep thought and reflection or scenario-based responses. And I think those qualitative responses that will always push um, learning designers, learning creators to, to make for learners, and then actually encouraging them to go in and read those, and then that's how they access course uh, efficacy, is a lot more effective than just looking at the data, which gives you a good first pass. That's wonderful. And so what I know in a lot of the white papers that I read in the early part of my investigating and, and becoming obsessed with you guys is uh, uh, was about what the, you know, the, the high rates of, of completion and retention of users through the program. Can you speak a little to that? Yeah, absolutely. So we've seen really, really amazing um, completion and retention rates. Typically, it's about seven to 15 times that of other learning mediums such as video. And so we'll see average completion rates, depending on audience, depending on course, that range anywhere from 80 to 100%, with uh, most completion rates for our most popular courses falling to about 92%, versus for a typical video course, it's about five. For a typical microlearning app, it's anywhere from 15 to 25 or 30. And so again, the, the reason why we see those completion rates, it has to do with a number of things around when we were first creating our research. Um, but the biggest thing is just that we, we meet learners where they are, right? And so first I tell people that and they kind of fall off their chair a little bit, that number up um, and we'll say, well, you know, every, uh, go through your text messages right now, go through your Slack messages, right? Um, of the time people message you, how frequently did you message back? And they'll say, oh, probably about, you know, 90 or so percent of the time. And we'll say, okay, well, now think about when someone sends you a link to a YouTube video or a login to an online course, and the, the onus is on you to go back and to log in every day to complete that learning. It's not pushed to you, and it's not pushed to you in a place you're already familiar. How, how long does it take until you're no longer logging back in to go complete that learning? And they'll say, oh, maybe two or three days in, right? And so then you kind of start to piece out, well, it's no wonder there's such drastically better completion rates. And a lot of it has to do with cadence, making sure folks don't feel spammed, fitting in the right amount of content. But a lot of it has to do with quite literally just meeting learners where they are and having this really frictionless delivery method where there's absolutely no learning curve or no switching cost to someone going into a new platform or system. Absolutely. that, And that's what I think is so um, fresh about it and so interesting. It's not, it's not a place where you would, you know, and, and something I've been really pushing in the learning and development space, um, both in my work at Humber College and now back at Whiteboard, is this idea of allowing people to learn while they are not glued to their computer, right? So can you complete a few minutes of your um, ARIST course while you're on the Peloton warming up? You know, you can do that kind of stuff and, or, you know, be outside on a bit of a walk, of course, safely on your cell phone looking down. But, you know, can you also be active while you're doing, um, you know, some of this work? And I think that's what's really powerful and why, you know, in addition to text message-based learning, I'm also keen on, on audio learning and, and how learners can uh, start to absorb information, but again, not be glued to their computers for longer than they need to. Can they be absorbing that information on a walk, uh, you know, while exercising and things like that? So what's the, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say that's that, you, you hit the nail on the head, absolutely. 
And so what's, what's next for next for you guys? You know, I, 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 where, you know, where, where do you go from here? Yeah. So another, another really good question. <laughs> big, que- big question. Yeah. So I kind of, I, I kind of alluded to it. There, there's two, you know, main sides here. There's sort of the, the product side and the, the, you know, higher level business and learning angle, right? Um, on the product side, we're releasing a lot of things like Slack, Microsoft Teams, more in-depth analytics abilities. Um, the, the really fascinating thing is we've had a lot of people tell us that, you know, they use Arist in place of a number of other different tools or whether that's things that help them design or assess learning. Um, and for us, you know, we'd originally built Arist just as a, a delivery and a, um, data collection tool. And so now we're really doing overhauls just with our newest learning science to um, really make course builders, course outlining and that whole process a lot more seamless. And so in terms of a learning tool, it'll get more powerful for building better learning and for, for measuring the efficacy of learning over the next year or two. And I think kind of backing up, you know, most of the folks that we serve now are um, large enterprises. They've got at least a few thousand learners, but we've also just seen incredible efficacy with this abroad and even with smaller companies as well. And so, you know, if you think about delivering training via WhatsApp, um, we've launched a lot of courses with a number of nonprofits in places like India, Brazil, um, Costa Rica, different parts of, you know, sub-Saharan Africa. And so we've seen some really fascinating use cases, even, even post training in Madagascar was one of from the past two weeks, right? Um, on how to, to better, you know, follow human rights initiatives for, for police. And so there were a lot of, there's a lot of really fascinating use cases that we're seeing pop up. Our main focus as a company right now is, okay, let's, you know, pick these few use cases. We know what's really good for, continue to make sure we let a lot of learning best practices lead there. Um, but I think a lot of what we've seen is that this isn't just the best way to um, teach, you know, corporate learning folks these sub- subset of subjects that we've specialized in. This is the best way to teach a significant percentage of the gold population, most of the things that they would learn on a day-to-day basis. And so over the next, you know, 10 years, um, we hope to be the best way that anyone can learn um, and, and the most accessible way anyone can learn anywhere, regardless of, you know, if they're part of a company or not, or what sort of training use case they might have. So incredible. So incredible. Uh, do you think there's any room for, uh, you know, with the uh, sudden influx of Clubhouse and its popularity, do you see any space for kind of audio components to uh, the platform? Yeah, sure thing. So I think audio is really fascinating and we actually are experimenting with adding more modalities, different audio files. The thing I'll say there is that we're also very careful with how we add audio because if you tell anyone, oh, you can add an audio file to a text message course, right? Then, then you suddenly potentially lost the nano learning component because they've added, let's say files that are, you know, 20 minutes in length. It'd be- video where people are very passive, they disengage, they don't click through or complete it. And so we're playing with, with limits there. But I think I, I see a really fascinating use case for, you know, micro learning and audio. You know, Nicole, if you were to give, you're an amazing leadership expert, right? If you were to give your leadership two or three minute sound bites every day and give me a text course full of some basic leadership insights, and then give me a two or three minute exercise where you walk me through some sort of a, you know, practice or an exercise or action that I can take every day, then I think that would be really fascinating, right? Because we've also seen, I mean, even look at look at things like Headspace, right? There's a lot of efficacy in audio only platforms for creating meaningful habit building and behavior change. So I think for us, the question is how do we, you know, meaningfully incorporate that? And then how do we become the platform that can kind of control that cadence so that people don't abuse that format? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm so excited to see everything uh, that you guys do. 
Um, and, you know, uh, my clients, you know, I help them design the components and, and uh, work with the platform. But I know you guys also do um, your own internal development with clients. Um, so maybe just before we close off, tell us a little bit, you know, about um, how users can um, access your system and, and, and start, start playing around using it and, and maybe getting help either from someone like me who can help, you know, guide your learning pathway and help you get that into it or directly through you? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I think uh, for anyone who wants to just spin up a classroom or, or get in contact with us, again, you can go right to aris.co. So A-R-I-S-T dot C-O. My email is just ryan at aris.co. And so anyone can also reach out to me anytime. Um, we'll typically kind of put folks, folks in a few different buckets based on what they need. But with a lot of large organizations, what we find is really useful is for us to, you know, build their first course for them, as you mentioned, with curriculum design, uh, while also credentialing a lot of their learners as text message course writers. And so we'll collect all the data they need, run workshops, and really help you kind of answer the, the underlying question of, is this a good tool for you? And how am I, how and in what capacity am I going to use this, right? Um, and so we, we do a lot of handholding in the early days, really hit the ground running. And I know that uh, a lot of folks have also, um, we, we've pointed them to folks like yourself if they need help with, you know, designing that curriculum, if it's something that's outside of our subject matter expertise or is a more intensive um, program or something more intensive than just like, oh, here's this guide and translate it into text, right? Um, and so I think that we see a lot of different use cases there. We'll kind of point folks in the right direction. And the best place is, is just to go to our website or just to shoot me an email. Amazing. And I had one last amazing question at the tip of my tongue. And what was it? Oh, um, you also offer, if I'm not mistaken, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but a, a short certification course for people who want to write ARIS uh, courses. So I know I have a lot of um, learning and development folks in my um, in my network and that likely will listen to the podcast. So uh, if you could give us a, a quick brief on what that looks like and how they can go about getting that, that certification, that'd be amazing. Yeah, sure thing. And I guess I'll answer the second part first. If, if anyone's interested in that, we've got plenty of info on our website, but feel free to also just shoot me an email at ryan at aris.co with the subject line certification. I'll know exactly what you mean and can help get you set up there. Um, essentially how that, how that looks is we'll just do uh, a one-hour workshop and then a five-day text message reinforcement course on uh, what best practices for writing a course, how do I qualify the right use cases, and it even just gets into a lot of the nitty-gritty around outlining, setting learning objectives, doing success criteria. I've had a lot of folks who've been in learning for, you know, two decades tell me, oh, I, you know, I learned a lot from this. You, you really are trying to do learning design in a very different way. Um, and so typically after that, we'll just have them create a up to five day text message course. We'll review it, make sure it follows our best practices, and then we'll issue a badge through Credly. And I know that's been really popular with um, folks in, in a bunch of different industries. Yeah, because you get your little badge on LinkedIn, makes you feel like you've done something new, enhanced your, uh, you know, upskilled and, and enhanced your career a bit. Absolutely. Uh, well, Ryan, it has been an absolute pleasure. I could talk text message learning with you uh, <laughs> and Michael as well, probably for hours. Uh, I'm such a fan of this product. It's something that I recommend to all of my clients. Um, and I would really highly suggest it to the LMD professionals to either embed something like this into your uh, learning pathways, um, use it for 
uh, you know, one of my favorite use cases of yours was something where you guys launched a course out to like 9,000 people within a week of a, you know, a large kind of event happening. And we're able to get that content out so quickly. So there are just tons of smart ways to embed this and you guys couldn't have made it easier to do and you're just lovely to work with. So thank you for taking the time with me, Ryan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Of course. Thanks so much, Nicole. And again, the, the one thing I will just plug there is, you know, Eris exists because of really talented learning professionals like yourself who are just both amazing advocates and amazing people to work with and who are always just willing to kind of be that first mover, take that first leap and try these new learning initiatives and and really see if, if they're as effective as they promise. So um, hats off and, and kudos to you as well. And I'm really looking forward to uh, building more courses with, with folks who listen. Thanks for joining us at Ot the Whiteboard. We've had an amazing time with you here today. If you want to keep up to date with everything that At the Whiteboard podcast is doing, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Whiteboard Consult or on our website at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca. Talk soon.